Alright, I'm just gonna clap so I could cut it easily. Okay, okay, okay. Versatile Vigilante, Young Vince, Uncle Vinny. We're back in here. We got a special guest. We got the man Josh, aka Lens of Yashu. Hey, Vinny, how are you doing today, man? What's going on, my guy? Thank Timber you right. for coming through. Yeah, it's been dope, man. You know, just getting here and all that, like checking out like the nice areas around before I got here. Like, it's pretty dope. And like, just like within this time, it's just perfect timing right now. You know? Hell yeah, man. No, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we set this up. You were telling me. You, you uh, grew up in downtown Toronto. We record out of Mississauga, so there's definitely yeah. a different vibe there. Yeah, and that's an interesting vibe. You know, like, the GO Train ride was, like, just kind of interesting. You know, even, like, during this time with the weather, like, it was snowing like crazy and all that. And just, like, the vibe of it, it's just, like, a refreshing, like, weather and all that. You know, like, even though it's kind of, like, the worst conditions, I just felt like that vibe today, it's just kind of nice, you know, so. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Kind of that last bit of winter, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Awesome, man. So... For anyone that doesn't know, Lens of Yashu, aka Josh, I'll call him both probably throughout this interview, does some really fire content in the city. I actually learned about this guy because we interviewed a few of the same people and we kind of linked up. So we'll have a inception, you know, interviewer interviews the interviewer today. <laughs> uh, so I want to get r right to the beginning, bro. How'd you, uh, first, how, how'd you grow up? Where'd you, where'd you grow up? We talked about downtown. Uh, so I was born in like Grange Park in downtown Toronto, like my whole life. So if anyone knows like Grange Park and all that, it's by like the AGO, like University, like Dundas Strip, yeah. or like, you know, within the Spadina Strip. So I could say like border wise, like, like from west of Beverly, east of University, north of dundas like south of queen like just around those ends and all that like you have the ago you have ocad you have like a lot of like nice areas and all that like very strong like asian community and all that like because it's like nearby like chinatown too yeah. like it kind of has like that nice vibe and all that you know i checked out like i did like a lot of things there like as a kid you know like played basketball like played ball at the community center like swimmed you know checked out the ago for a bit you know like would go like on daily walks like all around school and all that it's just like a nice vibe and all that so and if you're into like chinatown too like a lot of like nice foods and all that a lot of like nice places to get massages you know some nice stuff to like get like to drink like bubble tea and all that it's just like, a nice end you know hell yeah bro I, f I feel like that part of the city specifically is really the heart uh, you got everything in walking distance too but yeah where you grew up is super interesting because that's like the arts district you got Kensington right down yeah. the street. U of T, like, sort of, like, up and north and all that, but, like, that's just kind of, like, like another end, like, just near the university and all that. But, like, you'll have, like, the Eaton Center just, like, close by to Queen West if you want to, like, shop and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Alexander Park, so, like, we're kind of, like, next door to Alexander Park. So if you know, like, Alexander Park, well-known rappers from there, Casper, Casper, K Money, uh, Vanali Stacks, yep. Mr. Comfortable. So actually, a fun fact, I actually used to go to school with Vanali Stacks and Mr. Comfortable and Casper, actually, um, Central Commerce Collegiate. So you know, they used to be by there, like, a lot, you know, hung out with them, like, at a couple of times. Like, not really Casper, but, like, I knew more of, like, Vanali Stacks. And, you know, I've seen, like, Mr. Comfortable comfortable around and all that and then casper like he was there like kind of like half a semester like in my last year of high school and all that we're like kind of like the same age so it's just kind of like an interesting vibe from there you know that's super interesting bro that that group of rappers is probably my favorite from toronto and i always thought like just growing up downtown is so wild to me i always grew up like mississauga kind of 
a little far from the action i was always like man downtown you walk outside you're on queen street west like that's so cool i mean you have your great parts and then you have your kind of like sketchy parts and all that like i know with downtown there's like a lot of like homelessness going on around there like you could see it in alexander park in alexander park you saw it like queen west you'll see it like maybe like east fear and all that so sometimes you'll get some good sites sometimes you'll get some bad sites and all that but that's just like life you know so 100 percent, bro when you were growing up downtown did you feel like that helped shaped you as a person i mean it made me more aware of like different cultures and like different people like living around there like what was like the norm back then versus like now and all that so like back then you know it was kind of quiet you know like usually like even though it's like downtown like it never sleeps and all that like we didn't have like condos like back then as it was like now and all that so like i was born in like the mid like 90s and all that like 96 so around that time like spadina avenue like if you go down south it's just like parking lots around there like you'll see like empty like it used to be like a lot of like empty areas or like office spaces like before those condos that came around and all that and yeah even parking lots too but like now with gentrification with everything else going on you know like they're trying to change every part of a landmark as it could be you know like what used to be like the silver dollar on uh, Spadina and college, you know, now it's condos and all that. What used to be like a parking lot or just like a place for people to go to church or people to rest, you know, another condo, you know. So that's just Toronto for you, like in that sense, too, especially downtown, like everything has to change for a reason, you know. No, uh, it's true, man. The gentrification and then it's very visible right now yeah. even Alexandra Park, like they tore a bunch of that down. Yeah, yeah. It's funny to me because you see like these condos going up and they're marketed as like oh alexander condos and people are buying them having no idea the history you know yeah. it's interesting to see it's actually like a crazy truth you know because with gentrification um a lot like i actually used to do like some construction security for a bit too like here and there and like one of the main reasons why they tell me like why they're building condos is because a lot of like foreign people are buying those areas or like people from other backgrounds are using it just like as property for sale and all that yeah. for rentals and stuff like that and you could see like in those condos they become like very empty like when you go inside there for work or if you're doing other stuff too so it's kind of like interesting like on who's like living in the condo you don't even know if someone's actually like living there but like someone bought that property you know so that's just kind of like an interesting vibe too because you have like a lot of like empty condos that are, are marketed at like one mil or two mil or three mil like for whatever like the price is but then not a lot of people like in the city can afford it in that sense too you know most people are either like living on minimum wage or they're on ontario works or they're on like some sort of like welfare or some people are like working class too and like some people can't afford can't afford it at that rate too so you're gonna have to settle like settle in for renting in that sense you know so it's true bro it's a i mean all across the country right now even the states too like buying a property right now is not the easiest thing man a lot of the people that grew up where they grew up gonna be tough to to own anything you know yeah it's uh it's wild to see but that's also that shows you like the importance of keeping this culture and especially toronto like so much history so many great you even named like five guys right there that you went to school with and there's a ton more you know yeah yeah. Uh, another fact too was that uh delano banton uh who plays for the raptors now he actually used to come by to commerce like at my last year of high school and all that like he was there like when i was almost when i was like pretty much graduating but then i think he stayed for a bit too because he was like in grade nine when i was like in grade 12 and all that so you see like a lot of like changes like when 
people like go to the same school as you or you know people from real life because you never know that he's going to be like a basketball player you never know yeah. that he's going to be like a rapper and all that you know so it's just kind of like that lifestyle on how like life changes like at a certain age because some people they'll either stay in like the same position their whole lives or others like they'll see they'll have like some sort of like traumatic change or some sort of like experience that changes them to become like better and all that because with delano like you know he was just like a young kid just having fun doing like what any other like grade nine student would do but then you'd never see him be like on that level that he is now because some people like it might change like when you never even see it you know like they might he might have went to college might have had like a life-changing experience you know got an opportunity for his life and you know he made it work you know so it's a great point bro you, n you never know what someone's capable of you never know where where you might end up yeah. is very true growing up downtown especially in that area too a lot of wild shit going on were you ever tempted to kind of get it go down that route you know like kind of the the temptation side of things i mean i never like kind of like came up with, like the fuckery and all that you know i was just sort of like in my own lane just focusing on like what i need to do in life to be wherever i can be you know like right now like at that time too like it was crazy because throughout that time i grew up like with the internet and all that so like i used to play like a lot of computer games as a kid too like i was exposed to the computer a lot just you know playing like whatever game that i could do and then i founded the internet just years later and then founded like a lot of like other stuff and then you'll find like other content throughout the way too like some people like they'll find porn some people they'll find like wikipedia and all that some people they'll find like forums or music yeah. and all that and then as far as like gaming and such like i got serious into gaming like maybe at around i say i would say like maybe grade eight grade nine like you know with the xbox 360 i'd like my first xbox 360 as a kid just played like a lot of games and then you know just found out more games for my friends and all that who used to, who used to play games but then sort of like life sort of changed me because like my parents like you know strict like ethiopian parents and all that so they would tell me to always study to always fo always like focus on school and all that and you know i kind of did you know like i wanted to have that whole like teen teenage lifestyle like playing video games having fun but i realized that you know it's not all that in life you know sometimes you're gonna have to work sometimes you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make sacrifices in order to become the better person that you could be and like you know i cut i would only play like maybe like video games like maybe like on christmas break or on march break or like in the summertime and all that and you know i i wouldn't mind it too like i'd still be into gaming but then i realized life changed you know when i realized i wasn't into gaming as i was like anymore and all that like here and there but then that's what kind of got me into like music in that sense too you know just like because i would like listen to songs like here and there like maybe grade nine grade ten like i'd find a song from like a classmate or i'd find like something from like the internet and all that like because like i would say like i got more into like rock and like punk like at around like grade five grade six you know from like the offspring bad religion like just strictly off of video games and all that and then uh kiss like a whole lot of rock bands and then got into like rap from like Nas from like Black Sheep and all that like I would say like Nas would be the first rapper I actually like ever like listened to like maybe around like my kid my kid years so like the first song that I heard was from Illmatic it was uh The World Is Yours which had like that nice like dope beat that dope feeling and then it led on to like other forms of music and then I'd listen to like Eminem like Not Afraid like which was like 
a dope song and then it led me into like listening to like Wiz Khalifa and Drake and like The Weeknd and like Lloyd and uh, Lloyd Banks like grade 9 grade 10 and then you know Biggie Smalls like grade 10 and all that like I would like find out more of my music from like the radio and from like you know much music I used to like watch much music like in the mornings and all that and i'd find like some dope songs here and there they used to have it like on channel 29 and like channel like 36 they'd play like a variety of songs and then i found out find out like more about them and then i'd listen to some pop stuff here and there and then i didn't d dig deeper until like the end of grade 11 start of grade 12 where i'd almost like listen to like a hip-hop song or like a rock song like almost every day and all that and I would dedicate my time into like learning more about hip hop, learning more about like rap music, learning more about R and B, other forms of music, and then it just like went on from there, you know. Hell yeah, man! I like that you brought up the much music because we're we're about the same age, and that's I think a common thread for yeah. a lot of kids our age, yeah. you know, watching much music, watching music videos. Yeah. Hell yeah, man! So how'd you how'd you first even get into? So you're a photographer before interviewer correct uh yeah so i started off on photography i'd say like more of my first introduction was like maybe between grade 8 to grade 10 so grade 8 i had i had like a point and shoot like as a kid and you know i would test it out like here and there like taking photos of my family members taking photos of friends taking photos of like certain areas like all around like toronto and then it led to getting into this program where um um, this guy named, I think, Ulu, I think, from Concrete Roses. Like, he used to be, like, a community leader, like, around the Alexander Park area. That's, shout out to him, by the way, too, because he used to come to, like, commerce and all that. Uh, he exposed me to this program where you learn more about film photography and all that. And we learned from, like, actual, like, students and photographers. And we would had, like, this project where we had to, like, learn how to use, like, a film camera, like, learn how to use like a certain theme for our photos and all that and mine was m basically more on like video games and all that like on how video games like ruins like relationships so the theme was like reflection and like it was like the reflections of how like temptation so like with video games was my example it would lead on to like worse issues and cause like relationships with like gaming with couples like stuff like that i could explain like it's been like a while since i did that but like it was just around that theme and then I kind of stopped getting into photography for a bit too until the start of I'd say the actually the end of my university year so back in like 2018 so I never expected to get like you know like an actual like camera like a DSLR camera as a graduation gift I would have expected like money and all that and then you know I had the camera for the first time you know I thanked my parents for getting me that like as a graduation gift you know Without it, I don't know, like, where I would be, like, in my life right now. And then, you know, I just kind of, like, learned how to do photography, just learned how to take certain photos, like, learned, like, how to go to, like, certain places. And then I was going to concerts at that time, too, like, way before I did the whole the photography thing. Sorry about that. Um, so, basically, I'd go to, like, any concert, and I'd see, like, a lot of photographers that used to take photos. And then, you know, it was cool. I wanted to do something like that someday, you know, like, take photos shoot at like artists shoot at people and all that and it actually led on to getting me into a spot like north by northeast like not actually but like i found it like a perfect opportunity to take some photos this is like when azalea banks and like young blood and like jazz cartier like shout out to all of them too were actually performing took a lot of photos of them 
and then I had this like one iconic shot of like Jazz Cartier uh, just like standing like on the railing and then it was kind of like at nighttime too it was sort of like some whole like Travis Scott like type thing and then like the fl I had the flash on too because it was like a kid lens with a pointage with uh, actual DSLR with the flash on like it was just like an interesting moment and then I would just I was just sending it to a lot of people that would let me into would lead me into positions to get into shows at that time too so with 40 ounce heroes with rap season with um embrace like that type of like those type of promoters too i was just sending them my way and then the first person who actually hit me up was 40 ounce heroes who's actually my friend john by the way shout out to john who's actually the founder of 40 ounce uh he liked the photo he wanted to repost it and then he gave me an opportunity to shoot at this event just like a week later and you know i took the deal you know i couldn't say no to an offer you know and then went to the area for the first time too like i was sort of like new to photography so i didn't know like what the expectations of content photography were and like what was required and all that i just like thought like hey if i would take these photos take them in like an interesting light take them as how other people took it then it would be fine and then you know learned throughout the way to you know like i think when i was shooting like at those events you know i remembered i would get like some feedback from like john you know like hey you should do it like this way you know hey you should use like a better like camera for lighting and all that you should use like a better lens for like lighting and all that and for imagery and like getting like the position like right the angling and all that and it just like manifested from there for me buying like a lot of like lenses and stuff like that and just like learning like what is like needed in that sense too and then i had like an opportunity you know i actually wanted to like i could actually like explain uh, more too because this is like way before so you know like i wanted to shoot as many concerts as i can and then i was just shooting events from he here and there and then from other like events that i could easily get access to or i would have to do like some protocol that i have to get into and then you know, I shot, like, the Young Tory event. I shot, like, um, some, like, comedy shows and all that and some other areas. I, you know, this is actually, like, how I got blocked for my first IG. So, basically, when I would only, like, DM people to get into events and all that. And then it would become, like, a continuous habit where it worked out. And then sometimes, too, it led to my downfall for a bit, too, because my first IG got deleted after sending like so many dms so much where it led to like spam and all that and then i had to like restart all over like on the media branding side but then as the photography like grew you know like i just learned like what was like, the right way you know like sending emails sending like pitches to shoot at these events to like working for publications and we can like get onto that like later on that's kind of like how i got into the whole like publication thing for a bit too it's a hell of a story, bro. You so basically from your graduation gift, you turned that into a fucking career. Ah, uh, yeah, I'd say it's a career too. You know, like a starting career at the moment, and then leading on to something bigger and better and all that. Like I still like write for like publications. I still work with other people, like in that sense too. But then when I started, you know, like I never thought like it would happen. So my first initial start. Um, getting into a publication was going to like a lot of concerts like a lot and then i went to the selena barrage show uh this is like september of like 2018 where i met up with this photographer who shoots for an american uh, publication called like imprint entertainment and then she led me on to working with them and you know wanting what i need to do and then 
I shot like events like professionally from there. So I went and shot like Sophie Tucker, um, which is like an EDM group out of like the states. Uh, Alan Stone, Kated Swepin, who's like a rapper from like Edmonton, and then it led on for me to and they and led on for me to do like interviews and like write ups because initially they liked my writing. Uh, for a bit too and they liked how it was like uh, composed and also like formulated like with sentencing with grammar and everything else too and just with the bold with the bold and indent and uh, italics and then they said like hey can you do like these write-ups can you do these reviews can you do these interviews and then it led on to me like writing reviews doing interviews for, and doing interviews for the first time so I've interviewed like Fatboy SSC Rod Wave before like Hard on Ice so was even like a hit song uh this uh, edm artist named uh, ronan, ronan harris of like vnv nation and who else i'd say um i don't know if you know um griselda blanco like with uh, the family line and all that so cle uh, no no griselda oh blanco. the actual yeah, yeah. Griselda blanco. Yeah, yeah so like i interviewed her son and his wife like but i actually didn't like interview them like you know voice to voice so another person um who owns imprint did the interviews while i did the write-ups but i formulated like the questions too and then just let on from there that's so cool bro and with the other interviews was that all um how, how did that actually take place like i've never done a written interview before so what is it they're basically talking you're just talking and you're writing down what they say so like a written interview is composed in this unique sense so start so usually you'd start off by writing the questions first and then you like they'll let you like do like a phone interview with them where you actually have to like record the voice right. and all that so you'd have to start recording like right away and then you know you speak you let them know like it's a written interview this is being recorded do you consent and then they agree and then you just ask the questions and then like whatever answer they give you like once it's finished you have to like transcribe it so transcribing it's a worthwhile process you know like it takes like a lot of time and a lot of like patience so you have to find out like every word that they have to say every sentence every like phrase or like every like quotation that they say and like you'd have to type that down if you missed it you have to start over like just like finding it and then that's when you get like the actual like information from there sometimes it takes like almost like a day to transcribe or like maybe two days depending on your work ethic and your patience you know and yeah. that then you lead then you lead on to like writing like whatever was said you know forming like whatever was best said possible like what they said in a very like in paraphrasing you know like in yeah. paraphrasing like what they say and whatever works out whatever was that was like the best quality of like writing it just goes from there you know absolutely man that's that's good to know because there's so many different ways of kind of getting yourself out there you're a great example of that where you kind of just start with the photos eventually meet people network they like your writing style yeah. turns that into interviews turns that into a ton of contacts for you that's yeah. amazing to hear man yeah. and then like uh, there was some issues with imprint at that time too so um, I was supposed to do like a lot of like content for imprint, you know, with interviews, with reviews, with concerts, and then, you know, this is like when I was doing Tila uh, Y like for the first time too on my own, and then, you know, I was like, hey, maybe I could do this, you know, maybe I could have like my own publication so that I could like interview artists, I could shoot shows, I could do events, and then, initially I was supposed to interview uh, Dutch Revs uh, for the first time, so if you know Dutch Revs, he works with like Tory, uh, not Tory Lanez, Young Tory, Kevin Rowley. 
Uh, he looks like Kasky for a bit too, but like not in that sense. But um, yeah, I contacted his um, management team and they said like, hey, um, I wanted to do like a photo op as well as like an interview with Dutch Revs, you know, for my publication, which I'm starting out. And they said, yeah, it's cool. You have to pay like $300 like on e-transfer. And I was like, uh, I'm kind of... I kind of had, like, some issues at the moment, too, because I thought, like, it would be, like, something else and all that. Like, I don't know if I would formulate that on time and all that. And then, you know, I just didn't hear from them, hear from them again. And then, basically, um, I found, like, this other person from the street, actually. So, usually when I would go out for walks and all that, like, I would see posters. And then there was this uh, one guy by the name of, like, Wiz the MC who's actually, like, a very big artist, like, right now, like, in the indie world, you know, he's big on, like, hyperpop and, like, indie pop uh, at the moment, he's doing, like, a lot of, like, tours and a lot of festivals and all that, he was living in Toronto at that time, too, from, like, Germany and South Africa, he was doing, like, a lot of, like, open mic events, a lot of, like, performances here and there, and then, you know, I tried to contact him from IG and all that and from Twitter and like from this email and then I was like, hey, I would like to interview you for my platform and then take photos. He agreed. We did it in that sense too, took the photos and, you know, just worked on from there. And then I kind of stopped for a bit too because I was kind of focusing on getting into other publications at the moment because like while I was dealing with my issues at Imprint, I was looking at other companies that would be like dope and then there was this uh, one guy that I met at a Reggie Snow concert you know I just checked it out just for fun uh, he told me about this publication called Music Why Not which this young woman actually had like at the time too he said I think the owner is like 18 years old 19 years old you know she's doing well like within the photo scene doing well with posts and articles and photo ops you know you should definitely join and i was like hey yeah sure i'll try to get into it and then you know i emailed them they agreed you know they told me like hey which shows do you want to shoot and this is like at around like january february like around that time when it happened and i was like hey i'll shoot these like shows right here and then accepted them and then with imprint you know like nothing was coming by like things were slowing down and that's when like hey i'll just focus on this other publication at the moment you know, I met up with the, like, I didn't actually meet up with them because here's the thing, uh, they are in Dallas, Texas. So, like, whatever contact we have, you know, I just shoot the show from there, like, in Toronto. And then, you know, I asked if I want to do the show. They agree. Like, if it works out, it works out. Shoot the events and, you know, do the editing and then post the article. And then it just, like, led on from there. Worked with, like, another publication, too, in that same, like, amount. But, like, they're actually from Toronto called, like, The Heavy Press. And, you know... I actually shot my first event with them, I think, in June of 2019, just, I think, when the Raptors had the parade, like, that day, like, so, that would be, like, that day where I shot, like, an event for them, did some write-ups and such, and, yeah. So, you've worked with various different companies, various different publications. What led you to actually creating the Lens of Yashu, which is your brand? I felt like, for me, like, I wanted to get, like, a quick start on my photography, just a quick start on what I could do creative-wise, you know, lead on to opportunities because I actually wanted to be in the music industry for a bit, you know, like, whatever I could be, you know, like, just like how, like, Vlad was, like, just like how CHEs was because I used to watch all their content, like, all the time, you know, with Vlad TV interviews, with CHEs TV interviews and all that, you know, just, like, seeing what they do, seeing, like, what they could work on and then, like, hey, I could do that, you know, maybe focus more on their music, more on 
what is like a vital importance of their sound and you know just find out more about them you know give like smaller artists like or like people of like certain followings like a certain shine like in the city and all that like whether in toronto whether around the world you know and then you know worked on from there you know it was just like a quick start to get into my photography but then i realized like hey i could actually make this into a platform platform and all that you know i just sorry uh it was just like i knew that i could manifest into something bigger like at that time too and then you know i would find like whichever artist like i could like interview or i could like link up with and then hey if we do like the photo op if we do the write-up it works on from there if you could send me photos that that would be dope too you know and then you know just creating like a portfolio of what what i could do like at the moment because i was working with other people at that time too on the side while i was doing like the platform and then you know just like doing with the interviews like because like at that time i was only doing photo and write-up interviews like not really like the video interviews because i didn't have like a 4k camera at that time too i only had like the dsl the dslr uh crop sensor so i could just do like i was just doing like what was like best for me at the moment and then I think like COVID hit and then I realized like hey you know maybe take a step back into like what I'm like what I'm doing like at the moment you know with the concert photography with the concert photography because I kind of like stopped TLY at the side too like when I got like more opportunities to shoot concerts and events and I only focused on that rather than TLY and then I think it kind of like led to a different sense of my path because I thought like I could only do concert photography rather than my own thing and then when COVID hit, like, that changed everything because, like, no shows were happening, no events were coming by and all that. Like, no one wanted to do photos. And then I was just like, hey, maybe focus on, like, TLY for a bit, you know? And then I guess I'll discuss, like, more, like, within other questions, you know? That's such an interesting point because a lot of people that I talk to, whatever industry they're in, that COVID hit, when COVID hit, it forced kind of everyone to take a look at their life and say, all right, a change has to happen now. Things are going to be different now and either don't do anything or we try to make the most of it. And to hear you had that experience, too, is just it's really interesting. It's super common, I feel. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty dope with the concert stuff. Was there something a part of going to the concert and shooting that you really enjoyed? Like, did you feel right off the bat it was something you were going to continue to do? Was there a moment that you're like, fuck, I really like doing this? with me like i loved going to concerts and i loved like trying to shoot like rappers and all that and like artists of like all brands and with concert photography you know like usually you have to shoot like whatever you can you know like in that sense too because you're not going to start out like shooting drake or shooting like j cole or shooting like britney spears and all that you're gonna have to start out like small just like everyone else too like you're gonna have to start out like shooting like smaller shows or like smaller brands and that's why I worked at 40 Ounce to shot their events, which are like kind of like more smaller events or like more like local acts or like whatever like big Canadian act was in at the time too, like with KO, with um, Ice the One, with Isa, with um, Borlison, like all these other acts too. You're gonna have to shoot them, and then it has to progress. Uh, I know with um, Imprint, Music Why Not, and Heavy Press, you know it was kind of like a clutch too because. I could start to shoot more bigger events in that sense too but then i kind of shot like more people that were accepting of photographers at that time too so like when i i told you like i shot like sophie tucker um i shot alan stone i shot um caroline rose 
from Imprint, it led on to me shooting like smaller events for music going on, which I started off shooting like um, Emily Rose. I think Emily Rose at that time, she's like a indie R&B artist out of like New York. And then I think, um, I sh- like as far as like my big highlights of music going on, I shot like Beast Coast. So if you know Beast Coast, it's like Joy Badass, Flatbush Zombies, uh, the Underachievers, and then I shot, like, Mahalia, BJ, the Chicago Kid, who else? I shot um, Ali Brook from Fifth Harmony. I shot Julia Michaels. Like, those were, like, sort of like a roster that I've shot. And then right. with Heavy Press, I shot um, Breaking Benjamin, uh, Three Days Grace. I shot Catfish and the Bottleman. I shot Fury of a Dead Man, which go by, like, Fury now. And then on my own... I actually had the chance to shoot like Xavier Wolf, Dax, um, Stally from like MMG, yep. like those artists. And that was just off, you know, linking up with like the promoter, like, hey, can I shoot these artists? They agree. Like, and we work on like a plan on like what we can do. So, like, I'd send them photos while I get to shoot the show and all that, you know. So, like, you kind of have to work in a 50 50 status quo type right. level and all that. And then, actually, who else? I, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out, like, right now. Yeah. yeah. Were you in, like, um, for lack of a better term, like, I'll take what I can get mindset at that time? Like, fuck it, let me just get the experience? Yeah, it's usually, like, hey, like, instead of, like, shooting your favorite artists, maybe create a portfolio of, like, artists that you don't really like or artists you don't really know and see, like, how interesting they are in terms of the sound, in terms of what you could get photo-wise to, um, what imagery is, like, best for them to... As far as like music why not, um, I also shot AJ Tracy, Ghost Main, and I think Marshmallow as well too. Um, Shout out Ghost Main, I went to his show one time. Legend. <laughs> yeah, no, he's pretty dope. And yeah, it was just like kind of like learning their sound, like kind of like learning their angles too. And you know, you never know who you're going to shoot. You know, like I shot like a Santana show. I shot like what else? I well, I shot Young Tory like way before like the publications and all that. I shot who else? Do you think, sorry to cut you off, like, do you think that being, so you named people that are straight, like, classical hip-hop, rock, punk, all these different types of music, so different types of vibes in the shows. Do you think being in those different types of vibes helped you grow as as an artist, as a creator? Yeah, like, for me, like, it made me learn more about, like, up-and-coming artists, like, new artists at the time, too, like, new sounds that I never really got to know at that time. Just, like, new environments of, like, certain cults and certain like fan bases too like what do people usually do with these events like what artists do they like mainly listen to like what does the artist like you know what is the artist like inspired by too and just finding out like the environment you know like going to from a show like at a smaller venue versus going at like a a big venue it's kind of like a very like big difference too because when you go to smaller venues you see like it's more like family friendly it's more like hey, we're a family, you know, like, we know the artists personally, like, in terms of their sound, in terms of their story, their history, their upbringing, versus, like, at a bigger show when you just only know, like, one or two songs of the artist and all that. Yeah, and, like, with me, it's just, like, when I shoot these events, too, like, I kind of go out, like, on a good note, you know, because, like, I find out more about, like, what that artist does or what that, what sound does that artist make and all that, and how I could, like, manifest it into something bigger, like, in that sense, too. Do I want to try something with Flash? Do I want to try something with writing? Do I want to try something with how I angle my shots, too? Like, what does the artist like in terms of, like, photos and all that? Because usually, like, 
you have to do it when you're trying to like shoot an event there's like a lot of ways you could do it you have to either contact the promoter you're gonna have to contact like live nation if you're shooting like a live nation event you're gonna have to like speak with your uh not publicist uh, with uh your um lead uh for for the publisher and all that you know like you have to speak with the publisher like hey uh, what shows should I shoot? Uh, should I shoot this show? Someone shooting that show? Like, do you need anyone to help you out with that? And they find out like whatever like requirements are needed, like what photos are needed, like what's the best angling and all that. Like, what's the best way to like write the email? And that's how we formulated into being like a better concept photographer because with concept photography, you know, you could shoot like any big artist, but then you don't know like what that image is. You know, like you don't know like if that image is gonna be right because sometimes too like they're gonna give you like a uh, request format like hey these uh these artists like only prefer like these photos you know like this is what you have to do like how many shots you have to do like what can you do what you cannot do like if you break that rule too like they're not gonna take the photo but like if you take like sort of like a decent photo like they're gonna take it in that sense too where whereas if there is no contract you know you could just shoot whatever you want and whatever was like whatever's like the best photo you know they just post it up there you know so right because you're taking the the correct approach you're not skipping the steps and you're being professional at the end of the day i feel like people trust you when you're professional you know whatever the talent is if you go about things kind of funny won't get to maybe make it as far as you as you might want to so that's a great that's a great story bro and also you know with concert photography there is like a lot of rules that a lot of photographers have to like look into you know you know don't like shoot in the crowd you know first three songs you're out you know because you actually have to shoot shoot the first three songs you can't shoot the entire event and those like you know promoters and those like live venues and those places and these artists too like they have like a certain requirement on what you need to do like no flash you know uh no if you're like not like with the band or you're not with the artists you can't shoot like in the stage you know you can't like diddle diddle like around in the crowd and all that right and i actually had a photographer friend of mine who did the complete opposite and so basically what happened was that he shot the events at like a variety of areas you know to be like a rebel and all that and this is actually at a very big event, like, for Live Nation. So this was, like, the Breaking Benjamin concert. He shot it at, like, a variety of areas and all that. I'm not going to say his, like, name and all that, like, you know, not to, like, expose people. But just, like, as a story, we'll say uh, A. So A was, like, shooting at certain areas of the venue, like, near the crowd, the, like, near the stage area. He was shooting, like, more, like, than what he was supposed to do and all that. And then he would post the photos, like, do whatever. He did it for, like, a different publication, but he worked for the same pub publication as me, too, at the time. Heavy Pro... Not, uh, sorry, I'm not gonna say that that name, like, just not to expose him. But, like, not the publication, but, like, just as I yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, But, um, what happened was that, like, he was shooting it for a different publication at the time, too, and a lot of people found it out, like, from Live Nation, from the publication... Uh, from the publications that he worked with and like everyone else too and he actually got banned from shooting any like a lot of like live nation shows again and from like a lot of like publications because you broke that rule that a lot of photographers have to like follow you know and yeah. like it makes other photographers like look bad you know because some people like they don't care about the rules because it's kind of like a free-for-all like mentality sometimes too you're yeah. gonna have to do whatever it takes takes to like take the best shot to take the best imagery to find out like what's your niche what's your like photo style and all that but like most like people can't take that you know like they follow these like rules for years and all yeah. that 
and you know they're getting stricter like every time like that happens you know and like if it like messes up the image it messes up the venue you know you ruined like a whole lot of connections that you can make from there you know because even shooting a good photo or even like following the rules or even being good like even if you're being good like with like the publicist with the artists with the promoters with the venue you know you could have made like a lot of opportunities to do like some other stuff like someday you know but some people you know like they're all for the risk you know they're yeah, all take the shortcut yeah uh, that's a great lesson bro the shortcut can really set you back in the long run better to just pl play it smart do what you're supposed to do yeah. get further and then no that, that's awesome lesson bro i want to ask you about the interviewing specifically so you got into the video interviewing covid you said uh yeah so during that time i was still doing like write-ups between april of 2020 so actually march of 2020 until august of 2020 so i was just interviewing like whatever artists i had at that time too and then you know i was kind of like working pretty much so i didn't really have like enough time to do like a lot of photography and such you yeah. know saved up my money to get some new lenses saved up my money to actually buy the 4k camera that i still use for any for interviews like till this day for people who want to check out um and then it led me to buying like mics and buying gears and all that and then I would hit up the people that I was supposed to do like video interviews with, but I had to cut them off because I didn't have the camera at the time and then reach out to them. They agreed, you know, we did the interviews and, you know, it worked out from there, you know, and just like learning how to use a 4K camera, like learning how to like do better angling, learning how to use Premiere Pro, like it works from there, you know, and like just like knowing the image, the crispness of right. clarity and just what you have to use and all that you know what you have to use like on a micro free fourth versus like a crop sensor versus like what like styles you have to use so like with other cameras you can have to use like 1080p whereas this is when you use like an actual like 4k camera so you have to find out like what's good for the 4k camera like do i have to use like a high bit rate and all that do i have to use like a mid bit rate all that type of stuff you know you got the technical aspect on point that's interesting bro it's interesting with uh, so we're kind of in the same space a little bit like do interviews i do interviews different style it's interesting to me to see how people do their interviews and have run their brand because it's like everyone has their own different style yeah. and it's pretty interesting to see one thing i wanted to ask you about with the interviews was you do the zoom interviews or uh, the virtual interviews right yeah. so how, how's that vibe so I do, like, a mix between the Zoom interviews versus, like, the actual in-person interviews. So with yeah. the Zoom interviews, I mainly do it, like, from that time, I, I would either only do it if we were still dealing with COVID with Toronto artists or if they're, like, out-of-town artists. So usually with, like, a lot of out-of-town artists, you know, like, I'd reach out to them via Zoom because that's the only accessible way possible. Right. Like, they agree and all that. It works out. And set out, like, the angling for that. Like, find out, like, what's the best imagery for it, you know tell them like hey this is gonna like be recorded and all that like this is the way we have to format it they agree they agree uh once it's finished you know i just export the like footage and then do like the editing aspect for it yeah try to make it within the best quality possible or within their request too like i know of some i would have to do a little bit more extra to get like that image that they wanted in that sense too like whether like we'd have like good cameras or whether we would try like a different form of audio or like a different like niche when it comes to like the styling of the video and you know just worked on from there versus like the in-person like interviews where it could either work out like on their requests or on my or on like my style and all that so 
with their requests. We find out like what they like, like what's needed. Like we kick it via Zoom or via like FaceTime. Like is this what you wanted? Is this the styling that you wanted? Like what do you need else? Do you want me to cut that image out for you and all that? And it would work out from there. Or like if they like just like the stuff that I made so far, it would just like work out right now. Do you have a favorite part of interviewing? And I'm picking on interviewing specifically just out of curiosity. Is there a a part of it that you enjoy the most? It's just like finding out more about them in that sense too. Just finding about their story, like what they've done to be that person that they are today, you know? Because some people, they'll either have like an extraordinary journey on like what they've done versus if they just started and like their only journey is like what they've had before in the past too before like making music right so like when i've interviewed uh people like craig mums grant and you know Lashawn shellman who was of sister you know they have like a lot of like interesting journeys that they've had throughout their lives because they've actually managed to accomplish like a lot of like milestones in their life that they never thought they would you know like being in a tv show or being in a girl in a girl group or you know rapping for this many years versus like someone who's only in the game for like maybe a year to like five years and they've only made like a certain amount of like music so far you know like small songs like here and there too or they've already had like interviews where they talked about the story and then we communicate more about like other stuff like politics or with their sound or with what they see in the toronto scene and all that but like when i start off with someone who I've never actually, like, met before, like, in that sense, too, or I've never really communicated as much, you know, we tend to find out more about them before they got into the whole, like, music side, so whether, like, they've had, like, a good childhood or whether they've had, like, a music a music experience, like, at home or if their family ever did, like, music back then or what inspired them to make music, like, what was, like, a life change for them to get into the whole, like, music scene, and it would be, like, an interesting journey from there. With some people, like... It's just kind of like straightforward, hey, you know, I just wanted to rap, I just wanted to have fun with it, you know, this is like sort of like my dream for a bit too, you know, to just getting into that experience versus with someone like, hey, this has to be like my livelihood, you know, like, I have like a family to feed and all that, I have to take care of like whoever and like, it's either that or nothing, you know, and even with people who are not like in the music side, you know, like people who've dealt with like addiction or people who've owned businesses or people who've experience some sort of like jail time or who owned like property and all that like their experience is going to be different from you know someone who might have not had that you know so i'm kind of like i'm kind of more like direct on like who i want to interview with like nowadays too because usually like with someone who has like more of an experience that we'd like to share like i'd go with that versus someone who's only had like this experience for like a little while and all that because you don't know like where they're at like mentally in terms of like what they want to do for a career and all that because i know if some people like this is their dream like they want to do an interview and all that but with other people you know you don't know like where their story is you don't know like how long they've been doing stuff musically so when i reach out to people who've had like that experience so far it's actually more suitable because sometimes you find out like more about them like from before versus now like have you came like a long way from when you started to make music versus now and all that like with q gambino he's been like rapping for like a while now and all that i think like what since mid uh like 2010s and all that and like you know like when we, we reached out like i thought it was a good opportunity because you know he owns like a brand he owns like a lot of like other things too and you know he's 
doing this, he's doing it consistently, and that's kind of like the best part, you know, because someone can actually share that story, can share like a lot of gems on like what you need to do be, to be to be successful and all that. What are like some trials and tribulations that you'd have to face? Whether like the do's and don'ts of trying to be successful and all that. What are some risks that you have to take versus like what are risks that you have yeah. to like avoid and all that versus someone who's only been in the game for like maybe like a year or so or like maybe like less than six months who might not have a lot of stuff to share and all that and you can only talk about the music in that sense too but sometimes it only goes so yeah, far yeah, yeah. Nah, you're right bro i've heard other more experienced interviewers say that too where it's like um, it, specifically artists where they'll want that interview after their first song or they only got a couple songs and it's just like yo an interview could actually probably hurt you more than help you right now because you don't have enough of a story to tell you know it's it's a good point that you make and i would agree you need to need to have some sort of catalog i like how you said that earlier too where it's like you wanted to build your catalog build a portfolio yeah. You got the work there. You got the experience. Allows you to to have more to talk about. You know, yeah. and as well too. Like I feel like with some people too. Like I don't try to reach out to big artists as I can because I know with a lot of them you're gonna get like the whole like backdoor. Like they're gonna For say sure. no. You you know, they're not gonna be like as interested at that time too. And you're gonna be competing with a lot of like interviewers and a lot yeah. of like podcasts and stuff like that too. You like, gotta know your lane. Yeah. yeah. So you got to find out, like, what works, like, best for you. Like, what can you do, like, right now to make your story happen, to make your brand bigger and all that. And then it would lead on to getting into, like, bigger, bigger interviews in the future, you know? Yeah, you're right, bro. You got to get the ball rolling. And I like how you're willing to go and support young um, up-and-coming artists, whoever they are, because any scene needs that, bro. There's young talent that needs to have a platform, too. And for yourself to have that i try to do that myself too it's important man you guys these guys got to start somewhere yeah it's real as fuck yeah. and like we could talk about like a lot of like other platforms too because like right now like on our lane it's just you me capital t films versus- shout out capital <laughs> t films man legend <laughs> yeah dope uh, dope interviewer and like dope uh, filmmaker you know like a very like all-around guy you know yeah we're gonna be competing with people who've already had like a platform who bought their way to a platform like with, Le- with We Love Hip Hop and all that, with Capital Culture, with um, uh, Cash Feelings and all that, the guy who yeah. does like, the interviews right there. So we have to make sure, like, what can we do to make ours like similar to theirs, like, in that sense, too. Like, not just in terms of content, but in terms of, like, branding on, like, yeah. what can we do that could be, like, different, you know? Like, with you, you know, like, you have, like, the imagery, like, right here, like, with the posters, with the sign right there. Like, with me, it's just, like... I try to make it like similar to like Vlad TV to make it more like within the camera yep. with capital T, you know, it's more like finding out like what we could do to make certain stories of like the where you're from and all that type of stuff too. Like others, you're going to have to find something that, you know, is like different than others, you know, like you can't just like copy off like one person and expect people to view it, you know, because, you know, that's kind of like the bare minimum, you know, yep. with someone who wants to like get into that scene, you have to do something that's quite different that people will actually like watch you know like and also you know consistency is key you know like i know some people they'll drop like an interview like almost every single day but like it doesn't work like that for everyone you know sometimes you're gonna have to like release like an interview or like two interviews like maybe within two weeks within three weeks you know or like whatever you can to get the editing done to find out like what the requests are like if that person's gonna be available and all that and sometimes too you know you're gonna have days where 
you know you're not shooting content you know and like sometimes you feel depressed but then you're gonna have to find other ways to get the momentum going like right now i'm doing like more like say cheese uh six buzz type posts in terms of the music like not with other content going on and like some people you're gonna have to get those engagements for people to check out that, that music for people that want to be in your platform like one day for an interview or for a podcast you know or if you want to do like some branding like with them in that sense too versus hey you're just only someone who does like interviews and all that and you're only dropping like once in a while you're not doing like any other content that's when people will stop like focusing on you because um, this first interview that I did, like not with the MC, but this girl named Sienna Shea. Shout out to Sienna Shea, by the way. So she told me the same thing too, like in terms of her music. You know, like she met up with uh, this person named uh, Rooks, who owns um, Sandbox uh, Studios and all that. And she told me, and she, so Rooks told her, hey, if you're not dropping like videos like every other like two or three days, or if you're not dropping like free videos within a week, you know, you don't want this, or like free songs within a week, you don't want this, you know? That's the same thing with, you know, creating content like this, you know? You're gonna have to drop like at least four or five interviews like a month, you know? Like if, you know, you're like the lens of Yashu, or if you are like the versatile like vigilante, you know, you're gonna have to drop like four or five a week, you know? Not a week, but like within a month, yeah. like, yeah. But then, like, if you don't even do that, you know, like, you don't want this, you know, like, you don't know if this is going to be, like, the right, like, lane for you in that sense, too. Like, with We Love Hip Hop and with other platforms, it's easy for them to drop, like, an interview or a podcast almost every single day, like, if their means is that platform, you know? Yeah. With others, you know, may, maybe it not, might not be as much, you know, like, in that sense, too. So you're going to have to find out, like, how to be consistent even with like the platform that you're following you know so you're you touched on a great point you got to be consistent but in your own way too like you you know you and i i'm a big no jumper fan they post every single day they post every single fucking hour damn near and it's like i can't compare myself to no jumper the resources aren't there i gotta i gotta look more on a level that i'm on and if you know if 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 if, if yashu's able to drop an interview every two weeks i should be able to do that too like and not even as a competition just as a way of like keeping going you know yeah. i think healthy competition is a good thing yeah i mean like whoever you could work with whoever you could be like at truce with like you know work with them you know like yeah. kind of like find out like what you could do to help them like in a sense too like whether you're jumping in for an interview whether like they're on your platform for an interview or whether they want you to help out like in the video stuff or within, within anything else you know you know connections and just like building like characters and like not characters but like friendships like is key you know like in for order sure bro. to be within this industry like not like as like besties like you know you're hanging out like at starbucks just being like, cool yeah just being neutral you know just yeah. creating like relationships that lead on to like another level too you know and just like if whatever you can to help them like it's key like in the way too because toronto like there's a lack of support right now in terms of everything that goes on with interviews with content with music with videos and all that and you know toronto like honestly like music wise it's like very like clicky you know and i've noticed that from the start of me doing photography where certain artists will only hang out with certain artists certain brands will only hang out with certain brands you know so it's not like you're gonna see like Hawaii Mighty hang out with like Pressa or like Top Five, yeah. Or you see like a lot of like video directors hang out with like We Love Hip Hop or with like Capital Culture, you know. Like sometimes too, like people are gonna be with their clicks, and sometimes too it sucks because 
it's not the way to be successful successful like in the city of toronto you know if you want to be like atlanta or if you want to be like new york in that sense too we're gonna have to build together like in whatever way possible whether it's like doing like an interview like this with two guys that have like interview, interview platforms that do this together like that's kind of the way or you know two artists like doing like a music video or like a song that's the way you know because you know i don't know like the last time if i've ever heard like Hawaii mighty hop on a track with a Toronto street rapper like Pressa or Top 5, you know, you're never going to see that, you know, because people are always going to be, like, within their own, like, cliques. Yeah. And it's just kind of like that until, like, stuff, a thing changes, you know? For sure, bro. I, I, I agree, but I think you'd have the right mindset where it's just, like, let's just link up with anybody, you know, and especially if you if you if there's a connection there if you're cool and you both kind of are helping each other that's the thing if you're able to help each other why wouldn't you you know if it's a one-way street that's a little different um i've I've heard vlad talk about that too where it's like you know i don't view academics as competition because we can both do our thing and i think that's a great example to set where it's like you don't need to beef with another content creator you don't need to beef with them like when do you see photo like why would you have to beef with another photographer you know why not just both link up you never know you toss these each other some opportunities here and there and i feel like with toronto like i've actually like noticed this too because like the music industry too like they kind of favor certain artists like rather than like other artists too for sure that's why like some artists don't really get that promotion as much too like you know even even like during that whole 2015 2016 wave you know people wanted toronto to be viewed as like the dark mysterious six where the weekend like, vibe yeah like that you know with tory Lan- not tory lanes but like with jimmy prime with smoke dog with safe with ram riddles like they wanted that scene to pop off like rather than what it is like now with pressa burning bands or like top five and all that and you know people wanted that but then you know, t- Toronto music's gonna change, like, either way. Like, it's not gonna be something that it was, like, in 2016, you know? Like, music changes and people change. Like, you, you don't want, like, seeing people either have to be consistent or, like, they're gonna have to find, like, another way to be su- successful, like, in that sense, too, you know? And yeah. that's when certain artists become bigger than, uh, than other artists and some people, like, don't like that, you know? Like, I remember they wanted to promote, like, that type of sound, like, so badly, but then you know the resources and like everything else too just wasn't hitting like that you know especially like when smoke dog died you know r.i.p smoke dog and all that i think when that happened you know like they just focused on like another form of promotion too because like when smoke dog died when that sound kind of died that's when certain artists like blew up more than like chromas with top five with pressa you know yeah and some people either liked it, some people didn't like it you know and then that's and then you'd have like your indie scene where they have more they have more chances of performing like at the united states or in england because of their branding because of their accessibility to get into like the like the countries and all that rather than you know your presses your yeah. bands and all that because of like whole like legal issues yeah. i know with Pressa like he's good right now because he's in la but like i'm just saying that as like an example like in that sense too no, you're right, man. It's uh, and, and it's it shows you. We talked about the gentrification at the beginning of the interview. Things change, bro. What's hot this year is not going to be hot next year. And just to be able to adapt and and continue to do your thing is, I think, how you're going to get that longevity. Um, so it's it's important, bro. I think just got to keep working man keep keep meeting new people keep talking to different people can't discriminate in this game bro as far as like even like with you know music promoters or like concert promoters you know you have to if you want shows to happen like that in toronto where toronto act artists actually have to perform 
you're gonna have to make you're gonna have to open be open to working with other artists like that i know with uh, side stage uh, prevent uh, presents and all that like they're under like embrace they're open to working with like anybody and all that like within the toronto scene with like the toronto street rappers the toronto like indie artists and all that versus like other promoters where they're not linking up with those types of artists you know they want to focus on that on that niche on that sound you know and sometimes too like it hurts like the long way because imagine if like that artist like wants to sh do like shows and all that like that artist that you don't really promote or like as much wants to do shows and then you know you're gonna exclude them from performing which you know makes it hard for those types of artists because they actually want to perform at these types of events like that too because when was like the last time a toronto ra rapper actually had like their own like headlining show aside from the ones who are like you know safe artists like yeah, it's and hard bro yeah. it's hard to do damn near impossible yeah i mean mainly with the police and all that yeah. and mainly with like resources logistics and all that like with hosting a show like there's a lot that comes to it with logistics if police have to show up if there's going to be an imminent amount of violence all that type of stuff too so sometimes they don't want to take that risk sometimes they want to focus on those like niche type artists but then that's not how toronto's going to connect either yeah. way you know you're going to have to be open to working with a lot of these people like no matter what you feel about them or no matter like if you don't like them or not you know because you know they're the artists you know like yeah. you're their outlet to give them a space for people to check them out to, for people to see you know because even like back then you know like with shows in toronto it used to be like very open with a lot of people this is like i'd say like the early 2000s early 90s when Toronto rappers used to, like, all get along, like, you know, Mishimi would either, like, hang out with Cardinal or with Shockler and all that, and Maestro Fresh would probably, like, hang out with Socrates, you know? I'm not saying, like, I know them like that, but, like, that would be, like, the truth back then versus now where it's all, like, clicky and people don't want to link like that, you know? And yeah. Yeah, no, it's true, bro, and at the end of the day, that just holds the whole scene back you know so i think we're making progress though i think the younger guys that the younger guys that i talk to at least i feel like the spirit is there the energy's there and they're down to work so i think i think we'll we'll evolve yeah. but you know gotta gotta think positive about this yeah, shit yeah. keep keep it going you know yeah. keep grinding but yeah bro we're at about the one hour mark is there anything else you want to anything you want to plug any projects you got coming up um, I'd say for me, uh, definitely check out like my new website and, you know, upcoming videos that you want to check out soon, like with a lot of interviews, with a lot of dope content. Um, as far as I want to say like a final message, always support local before like global, you know, because if you're not supporting anyone like locally, you know, like, especially like if they've done like stuff for you, like hit them up or like did something for you you know like it's not gonna work whether it's gonna be like you know giving them like a free coupon versus you know like just hanging out with them you know like yeah you know something has to be done like in return in that sense you know so yeah well said bro support local you know don't make a judgment either man there's a lot of people out there that could help you out help each other out everybody wins love to see it but this was a fire conversation, bro. I appreciate you coming through. The lens of Yashu's got some dope content, some dope interviews, photos, a um, lot of good stuff. Check out his IG, his website. Definitely, uh, definitely appreciate you stopping by, bro. Versatile Vigilante, we're out here all day. Young Vince, Lens of Yashu, let's get it. <laughs>